here. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? All right. I believe you got the words up there. That's good. I know it's Wednesday night. Everybody's just a little slow getting up here. So let's put a smile on our face. Let's just cut loose and sing tonight. All right. Are you washed in the blood? been to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as blood of the Lamb on the second now. Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Let's turn around and shake hands and fellowship one another. Got a lot of visitors. Make them feel welcome. Hi. 
hide the garments that are stained with sin. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul. Good to have all of you with us tonight. Those that are visiting with us, we are certainly thrilled about you being with us tonight. And good Wednesday night crowd, glad that you're here. I appreciate what the Lord's doing for us. Amen. Exciting things going on. You want to be in church. And I praise God for what He's doing. Let's remember the young people tonight. They're back in their service. And let's pray the Lord will bless there. Let's pray now. Special service. And God's really been doing some work. A real work in many of our hearts, especially of our young men, and we're going to turn one of them loose here in just a little while. So I want you to kind of wet your vocal cords and get ready to holler amen for him and, and uh, get ready to just uh, root him on. Amen? amen? But let's pray now and ask the Lord to touch us. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, how good you are to us. And Lord, we think about all you've done the past few months and this past few weeks, Lord, it's just overwhelming to our heart, but we thank you, Lord, that we've only seen just a bit of what you're going to do for us, and that which you'll do to glorify the name of Jesus. So, Lord, touch the service tonight. Glorify your name and everything that is done, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the
Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. Again, I remind you that everything you give on Wednesday night goes to support the Bible conference. And I hope that you're praying now for the conference. How many of you have begun to pray for the conference? Wonderful. We're just a few weeks away, third Sunday of September. That's homecoming Sunday, but always the beginning of the Bible conference. And we're excited about this year. Got a lot of new guests coming in. Our rooms have already filled up. And already they've filled up, and we're excited about that. And uh, many, many new ones are coming in. I think about five, six states already represented, but uh, we're ex excited about it. But I want you to be praying and asking the Lord to bless it. Now, your giving is a very, very important part of the conference because your giving allows us to provide lodging for many, many guests. We try it for pastors and those in churches and Christian work. I provide for them where they can come in and spend the week. So let me encourage you now for the next few weeks to drop in just a little bit extra. And then a couple of things coming up, and of course, I want you to be praying about and thinking about our Noah's Ark, which is our new preschool department. That will be opening and dedicating the first Sunday of September. In fact, uh, if you came through the back, you've already seen a lot of changes just this week. Got all the carpet in. <clears throat> we'll be moving the tape room in this week, some of the things in even this week. The library, we should have it completed by the end of the week. Debbie, you need to go back through there and look at it tonight and see what it's going to look like. And we're excited about all these things. But our Noah's Ark, now that's what we call a preschool. And a brand new nursery facilities, Noah's little uh, cribbies and Noah's little crawlers and Noah's little toddlers. And we're going to have a special room for Noah's little escapees. Say amen right there. But uh, we're excited about it. And we put together a great program we'll use in our nursery. And one of the things we'll be doing, of course, parents were asking, we want to set it up to where nobody's in there but one Sunday a month. That is our goal, and that's our objective, so that uh, our parents don't end up there, a couple of service and volunteers and different things. But we still need a few more to help us so that uh, no one has to stay back there more than one service a month. And that's, that's what we're after. That's our goal. Of course, we're asking all of our parents... Uh, if they use the nursery to volunteer at least one service a month. And uh, so if you'll help us and pray about helping us in the nursery, if we can get a few more people to help us there, then it'll be set up to where nobody will have to stay in there more than one service a month. So we really need that, but we're excited about it. And uh, you're really going to uh, like what you see back there when we do so. And then faith, we got kicked off last Thursday night. A 76, 76 in faith this semester. And we're excited about 20-some teams going out. They'll be going out the first time tomorrow night. Now, we do have a couple openings uh, for a couple of ladies. If you're interested in being part of faith, uh, ladies, you've been thinking about doing it. You've only missed orientation, uh, which is just kind of give you an overview of everything. But tomorrow night, you really get into the learning process. But uh, we do have a couple openings. In fact, we had all of our teams, and we had more 
that wanted to be in faith and we really had room for, but uh, we've worked around where we have enough leaders. We can create teams and, and use some ladies to fill in some teams and different things. So if you're interested in helping us in faith, uh, I promise you, you will enjoy uh, faith. All of those in faith, say amen. amen. It's a great, great program. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for all you're doing. Bless now the service. Bless the offering. Bless the conference coming up. Anointed in a very special way, in Jesus' name, amen.
We sure have a whole lot to be thankful for, don't we? And especially here, we've got a lot to give thanks to the Lord for. Think about all that He's doing. It ought to fill your hearts with praises unto the Lord. I, put it, I guess I could put it this way. If you can't get excited around here, you're just not excitable. Amen? It's a blessing what's going on. You know, one of the real fruits when God is doing something, and I've seen this and experienced this, and, and uh, you look at church history and things that happen. One of the fruits of God when, he's, when it's working, when God is working, is the calling of young men into the ministry. And that is one of, the, one of the evidences that God is moving because that means lives are being captured. Hearts are being captured. People are surrendering to the will of God. And young men are following the call of God. Anytime, any place where God really moved in and did a real work in the heart of a people or a church, you'll always find there was a number of young men that were called into the ministry. And that's one of the things that really thrills me about what's going on around here is seeing these young men surrender to preach. And that's why we celebrate. In fact, we celebrate, believe and celebrate. We're going to celebrate everything that happens around here. Amen? And all to be celebrated. Give God praise and honor and glory for it when things happen. And uh, when young men surrender to preach, if there's anything ought to get you to your feet, clapping your hands and giving praise to God, it's young men surrendering to the ministry. But I've been excited about it. And we got one of our young fellas surrendered a few weeks ago, and we're going to turn him loose here in just a second. Another Ronnie Brown. And we're going to get the others in here in the weeks to come. But I'm real proud of Ronnie. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I've said that before. I've watched him grow. I've seen the Lord work in his life. He's been a part of faith and grown in faith and just given everything to the Lord. I know his mom and dad and family are proud of him. We're all proud of him. We thank God for it. Ronnie, you come. Bring the message tonight. Let's give Ronnie a good hand. Let him know you're praying for him. Open your Bibles tonight to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Uh, in studying for uh, the message tonight, I, I read a, a story. Now, I'm not a very good joke teller, and I just want to lay that on the line now that uh, I'm not very good at it at all, but I'm going to try to break the ice with you tonight. Um, I read a, read a story about a young pastor who uh, his, the, the sin that he had the most problem with was, was not laziness or anything like that, but it was, it was boasting. He was a very uh, boastful pastor, and he used to boast publicly that he was so good at putting together a sermon that he could put a, put a sermon together from the time it took him, took him to walk from the... Uh, I knew I was going to forget that word. It's the pastor's house right next door over to the sanctuary. And so uh, the next move of the church was, uh, was to sell the pastoral uh, house next door and put one eight miles down the road. So uh, I just want you to know tonight that I have studied, no matter what the outcome is of the message tonight, that I have put a lot of effort into what God has laid on my heart. But uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the calling upon my life. I pray that you would just empty me of everything that's me and fill me with nothing but you. I pray that uh, the hearts would be receptive to your, to your word tonight. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, recently, I think it was before I was called to preach, God laid upon my heart a song. I'd heard a song by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir who's meant so much to me recently, but the name of the song was More Than Enough. And the song, it talks about the names of God and how that, how that He is, is more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's a provider. And they, it just kept repeating the phrase, more than enough. And I began to think about the last six months of my life, how that God has proved time and time again that He is more than enough. Uh, oh, I forget that's there. But uh, the song has... God has laid that message upon my heart that He's more than enough. And Jesus Christ is more than enough for your everyday life and for everything that you do. But uh, this passage of Scripture that talks about that He is, it says uh, in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be the glory in the church by Jesus, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And like this passage of Scripture says, that he, is, he is able to, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask. Now, I would, I'd like to ask you to, to please turn to 1 Kings 17. We're going to see some examples of how and Jesus Christ is more than enough for our lives. And the first example is that He is more than enough for our external needs. These are the practical needs of our lives. It's 1 Kings um, chapter 17, 10 through 16. 1 Kings 17, verse 10. And so He arose and went to Zephora. Now this is talking about Elijah. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after make, thee, make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, and neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And my first point under uh, God is more than enough for your external needs. We see in here 
a word of faith. In verse 13, Elijah said unto her, Fear not, and go, do as thou said, do as do thou hast said, but make ye make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee and thy son. You see, she was receptive to the word of the Lord. You know, his the only word that we have today from the Lord, the concrete piece that we have from him is, is his holy Bible. And this all boils down to oh, in God's trustworthiness. Um, in Psalm 89.34, it says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that, I, that is done, that is gone out of my lips. Also in Isaiah 54.10, it says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from me, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. And in the latter part of Isaiah 46.11, it says, Yea, I have spoken it, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. You see, His Word is something that we can trust in. His trustworthiness, and time and time again in my life over the past six months, God has proved that His Word is true, that He keeps to His Word. But under the next point I'd like to bring out is that the walk of faith. In verse 15, we find that she simply, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he did eat, and her house did eat many days. So we find her following the direction of the word. And she went and trusted in, in, in Elijah, and the thus saith the Lord that he, he has in here. He said, you know, these were de desperate times. She said, she said I'm just going to make this last meal, and then me and my son are going to die. So these, these were desperate. This was a life and death situation. But she choose to, to go use the last bit for her son? No, she followed the word of the Lord. Uh, you know, what I'm bringing tonight is just simple truths. It's either believe it or you don't. In this walk of faith, this lady believed in the word of the Lord. And how I want to bring it home to you is that the word of the Lord is true. And it's a simple truth. Now, I know many of you tonight, if I ask you, I say, well, do you believe the word of the Lord? You'll say, well, yes, of course. Maybe you won't, but most of you will say, yes, I believe the word, the, the, the word of the Lord. But in fact, what I really want to get at is tonight, do you live the word of the Lord? Do you trust his words in, written in the scripture? But uh, the next point I'd like to, face, uh, like to bring out is the work of faith. Look at verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, and neither did the cruise of oil, according to the word of the Lord, which, which he hath spake by Elijah. You see? God was true to His Word. And I know that in my own life over the past six months that when I write that tithe check and when, I, when I'm looking for that job or when, when I, I'm not sure which way to go, that by trusting in His Word, He's faithful. He will always keep His Word. Remember our Scripture from the beginning. He is exceedingly and abundantly able to do above all that we ask or think. He's more than enough. So, so I want to go and say that He's not only more than enough, for our external needs, but now He's more than enough for our internal needs as well. Look at John 21, 2 through 12. I'm just taking you through the Bible to, for, through a few examples. Jesus Christ is more than enough for your internal needs as well. And this is the one that really hits home with me. You see, He's, he's enough for our internal needs, and we're, we're going to see here in John 21, 2 through 12. 
John 21, 2 through 12, he says, Now, I see, there were together Simon and Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. And Simon, Simon Peter saying to them, I go and fish. They say unto them, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into the ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw up for the multitude of fishes. And therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He girded, him, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. And he did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far off from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging their net with fishes. And soon as they were there, come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and the fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring the fish which they, bring the fish which ye have caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fish, fishes, a hundred and fifty of a hundred and fifty and three. For, and for all there were so many that there was yet was not the net broken. And my point here is that Jesus Christ has a relentless love. He's more, he's more than enough for your internal needs, and He has a relentless love for you. Can you see? Here's Peter. Not too long ago, Peter denied Christ. He'd said, he'd said, I don't know Him. He'd failed God in so many ways, and he went off crying and weeping into the darkness after he'd failed Him. And here we find Peter going back. They threw up their hands. He even talked to some of the disciples with him and said, that's it. It's over. I'm just going to go back. It's, it's never going to happen again. You know, it was as great while I was here, but, but it's all over, and we're gonna, I'm just going to go back to fishing. I, uh, I like what one writer said when I wrote about this passage. He said, you know, it said in here that Peter had to gird himself because he was naked, and he brought up the fact that maybe, maybe Peter went back to that old boat that had been sitting there for three years, and maybe, that, maybe it was so dilapidated that Peter had to just take off his clothes and plug the holes. He was determined. He was just going to go back. And he said, I'd failed him too many times, and now it's, it's all over. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. But, but the greatest thing of all is that Jesus Christ was on the scene. He said when the morning come, that Jesus Christ was watching him. Can you imagine what Peter was going through in that night? He had no, caught no fish. As he threw out those nets, I can imagine him thinking about the times the miracles that Jesus had, had wrought in his life and how, man, it must have been so great. You remember those times where it was so intimate and I shared such a great time with Jesus, you know, and, and I was part of the inner circle and it was everything, I was so close to him, you know. But every time he cast out a net and he'd pull it back empty, I can imagine him saying, I don't know him. I don't know this man. He's not, I just don't know him. He can probably hear that over and over in his mind. Is that I, just, I, I don't know this man. But Jesus Christ was on the scene. And there was an invitation. You see, Jesus Christ had a relentless love for his servants. Jesus Christ had a relentless love for Paul. He wasn't going to let him go back. And he, he, 
He initiates. God always initiates a relationship with us. You may think that you're so far from God that it'll never happen, but Jesus Christ right now is initiating a relationship with you. He wants to use you. He wants you back. So we find later on, Jesus asking Peter, and we find that they had a meal where not a single word was spoken. I can imagine the disciples, the embarrassment of Jesus catching them back into that old life where they, had, where they used to be. And they're gathered around the fire over the silent meal, and they, they just kind of eat, and then Jesus breaks the silence. He said in verse 15, So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Some writers say that maybe he, he kind of stretches his arm and you love me more than this? The type of word that he used here was a, a love that is greater than everything, that it's above all. He said, you know, do you love me more than these empty nets? Do you love me more than these old boats, these leaking boats? Peter, with less confidence, because he had failed God, he said, you know what, Lord, I love you. And the love that he used there was a kind of love that says, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of fond of you, Jesus. I love you. I'm not going to go out there like I did before and say, Hey, you know, I'll die for you. I'll do anything. No, this was a broken Peter. And he said, You know, hey, I, I kind of love you. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real fond of you, Jesus. But then we find him repeating that. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said again, You know, I, I'm really fond of you. But in the last verse in, in 17, he said to him the third time, son, Simon, son of Barjonas, Lovest thou me? And Peter grieved because he had said unto him a third time. You see, Peter broke down. You see, this is where Peter made it right with God. He had broken down. He knew where he was at. And so we find out that Jesus Christ has a relentless love for you. And we find Peter making things right with, with, with Christ. And so the message to you tonight, and what I want to say to you tonight, is no matter how far you've gone, that Jesus Christ pursues a relationship with you, and He wants you back. He wants to use you. So he not only has a relentless love for you, but he has a rewarding life for you. You'll see in 19 and 20, the last words in those verses, it says, Jesus Christ is an invitation to him. It says, and when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. And again, yeah. and again in 22, follow thou me. See, Jesus had something planned for Peter. And now that the relationship was right, now that he had repented and he had come back to him, he says, hey, I've got something for you now. I've got something I want you to do. So we find Jesus making an offer to Peter and saying, I want to follow you. And, and he still wants to use him, use him no matter what. Now flip over to Acts 20. Actually, you don't. I think I've got it on the board here. But Acts 2, Acts 2 38-41. So this is just a few months later. Now this was the betrayer. This is the guy that had turned his back on Christ. And they had turned it out beside and just I'm just going back to where I was. Here we find in verse 38, for the promises unto you, this is Peter talking, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words he did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. And then then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them 3,000 souls. You see, Jesus Christ, He has a rewarding life for you. Even though you've turned your back on Him, even though you're a betrayer, Jesus Christ has something planned for you. He's got a way for you. He wants to use you. You know, every time I read this and I think about the, you know, what a change it had been 
from just a few months or however long ago that he betrayed him to now reaching 3,000 people for Christ. I'm thinking, this is Peter, a broken instrument. You know, there's nothing left to it. It's, it's useless. It's just, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to go back to where I was. But then we find that in the master's hands, he can take that broken instrument. He can put it together. He can reassemble it and use it again for his glory. You see, he's done that in my life. There was a time where I got saved and I followed him for a while. But eventually, I just got away. I couldn't find a place. I couldn't find my way. You know, I was young. And I went back to that old life song. Jesus Christ pursued the relationship with me. He says, Ronnie, I've got something for you. I've got something greater than this. And he's pursuing me now. And so we find that he has a rewarding life for you. And don't ever forget it. But last of all, and this is the most exciting part, turn to Acts 16, 23 through 34. Acts 16, 23 through 34. Here we find that Jesus Christ is not only more than enough for your external needs, and He's more than enough for your internal needs. But praise God, He is more than enough for your eternal needs. Let's look at this, this passage of Scripture. Paul and Silas are in prison. and said, when they had laid many stripes upon them, and they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made fast, and made feet fast in the shackles, and made their feet fast in the shackles. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all of the doors were open and everyone's binds were loosened. And the keeper of the prison on awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had left. But Peter cried with a loud voice saying, Do not thyself no harm. Do not do thyself no harm for, ye are, for we are all here. And then he called for a light and sprang in. And he came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out. And he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and, all that, and to all that were in his house. And said, and he, took them, he took them and saved. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, and he and all his straightway. And when they had brought him, when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God and all of his house. You see, we see in this, in this portion of Scripture that we find the old man, the jailer that's the old man. This is the man. We can see him. He's, he's going through. He, he's charged with keeping the prisoners. So he takes them and he puts them in the innermost prison. He's trying as hard as he can to keep these prisoners, to do a good job, trying everything that's in his power. It said that he, he made sure that their feet were fast in the stocks. You know, these guys aren't getting away from me. I'm going to keep them right here. You see, in my life, and many of yours, man, you're trying to do the right thing. Man, you're, you're trying to hold it together. You're doing the best job that you can. You're doing everything that you can. But there's coming a time. There's, there is coming a time. And there's a time in my life where it seemed like everything was crumbling around me. Everything was falling apart. 
And, and, and in this jailer's life, everything began to fall apart. And you think you're at the end of your rope. We find that the jailer was ready to, ready to off himself. It was over with. But we find here when, we, when Paul says, he cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not thyself no harm, for we are here. We find then that the jailer makes a life-changing decision. You see, we, we see the miracle of miracles right here when he asks Paul. He says, uh, he said, and he brought them out and serves. He said, what must I do to be saved? You see, the jailer had come to the end of his line. And now under Paul's direction, this man made a life-changing decision. You know, from this point on, this is the turning point. Everything after is different. Everything after that has changed. There was an old man, then there was a, there was a decision. And so we see that the jailer's never, never been the same. You know, there was a night when I left this church in 1994, on March of 1994, and I was heading back to school on I-75 and somewhere between, somewhere around Barrett Parkway near Atlanta. I came to the end of my rope. Man, everything was falling apart in my life. I knew that the way I was going, that I couldn't make it work. There was nothing I could do, but I made a life-changing decision right there on the road, and nothing's ever been the same since. I may have failed him time and time again, and I may have gone back like Peter and went back to where I was before. But thank God that he initiated a relationship with me. And then we find that nothing, no matter what I did, no matter how far I went away, that nothing was ever the same after that point. Now we see the miraculous changing power of Jesus Christ. And we see the new man. The new man, he said, in verse 33, he said, and he took them that, he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. As I read that the other night, I couldn't believe it. How, how special that was. This was the hardened jailer. This was probably the head guy and the toughest man in there. And he was making sure everything was right. And he was a tough man. He was hard on his, uh, just imagining this, he's hard on his prisoners. But here you find after the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, he's not the same. You could see him lovingly repairing the wounds on his prisoners that maybe him himself has put on there. You see, there was a life-changing thing that happened to the jailer. Yeah, I remember... After I got saved, traveling down the road on I-75, I, I got home and I, I didn't know what to do. I was so excited. I got out of my car. I grabbed my bag. I was heading up the stairs to my door. And there was a guy that I played basketball with. His name was Clay Davis. Clay Davis is six foot four, And I must have tackled him in that hall. I grabbed Clay. He was one of my better friends. I grabbed him. I wrapped my arms around his waist. And I said, Clay, man, something happened to me, man. I got saved. He's like, that's cool, man. That's great. I don't remember what else I said, but I let go of him. I ran upstairs and I called everybody I knew. I remember calling Steve and Judy Brewster, who are my youth pastors here. And I remember calling my parents and telling them, man, there's been a change in me. There's been something that's happened to me. And I'm no longer the same. I remember thinking in the dorms as I walked down the halls and I went back to my dorm room a couple days later. I said, God, am I really walking on air? Is this real? I can't believe this. My life has changed this much. But see, he, he makes a new man. You see, Jesus Christ is more than enough to save your soul. As I thought about this message and I think about how he's more than enough for everything, every aspect of your life, whether it's the external needs, whether it's your internal needs, or whether it's your eternal needs. I remember thinking about how the blood of Jesus Christ, on the day he died, he shed that blood for our sins. And up until then, they'd have sacrifices of animals. And those animals, they just put a Band-Aid over it. They just put a Band-Aid over our sins. But here we go. We see Jesus Christ dying on the cross. I can imagine God saying, that's it. That's more than enough. That's, that's, that's enough to cover everything. That's more than enough payment. 
there's more than enough blood to cover your sins in Jesus Christ. So as I conclude, you know, I, I want to, I want you to be real with me. Maybe you find yourself in that first position. Maybe you find that, you know, I believe God's word, but yet, you know, I, I don't really trust him when it comes right down to it. When it's a life or death situation, I don't really trust him. I just invite you tonight to do business with God here at the altar. Get things right with him, and you can say that you can trust him. He's faithful to his word. He'll not turn his back on his word. He keeps his word. And also, maybe you find yourself in a second situation. Maybe you're so far from God. He said, that's it. You know, I've, done, I've messed up too much, and that's, that's it. I'll, I'll never go back. I'll never be able to go back and have that relationship with him. Jesus Christ is pursuing a relationship with you tonight. He wants to be with you. He, he initiates a relationship with you, a closeness. He can still use you. Amen. And then we find maybe it's, maybe it's your external needs. I mean, your eternal needs. Maybe, maybe tonight, you know, you don't know much about what I've talked about, but maybe something's pricking at your heart. You know that this jailer, man, that's me. I'm a jailer. You know, I'm trying to hold things together, trying to hold my world up. But but maybe it's falling apart and I can't do it. Well, tonight's your invitation to come and get things right with him because there's more than enough. He's more than enough to cover all the needs for your external needs and for your internal needs and for your eternal needs. And if they come with a song or, or something, I'll, uh, I'll close with the invitation. I kept thinking about that song, that song that I heard the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir singing, and he's more than enough. I kept repeating. I remember, I remember sitting there every time I hear it, it seems like I don't mean to seem like I'm crying through this whole thing and shedding crocodile tears and trying to, but it just seems like it's been so sweet lately that I've surrendered. I've given him everything. It's so sweet. I can't seem to think about him, and I can't seem to, to talk about him without crying, without being moved to tears for what he's done for me. See, Jesus Christ is more than enough. Wherever you are in your life, He is absolutely more than enough. The song talks about it. He just keeps repeating that. I'll never forget sitting in front of my computer at work listening to that song. It's just over and over, and I just <laughs> I begin to weep and, and know in every instance in my life, every time in my salvation, when I got away from Him, when I have to trust Him, when I have to trust His Word, Jesus Christ is more than enough, and He will fulfill His Word. So if he's dealing with you tonight, you please respond to him. Let's all stand. Jesus Christ is more than enough. Whatever need is in your life, he is more than enough. We're going to sing a couple of stanzas. There may be some of you need to come that he might meet your external needs, that he might meet your internal needs. Maybe even tonight someone come that he might meet your eternal needs. As we sing, you come. Get up out of your seat and come. Amen. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Amen. And he will surely give you He is more than enough. Let's all sing it, sing it. 
Only trust him. Only trust him. Absolutely. Amen. Will save you. He will save you. He will save you. And sing another stanza. He's more than enough. Amen. His precious blood. Yes. Blessings to Amen. Others. Sing it now, everybody sing it. Only trust him. He's more than enough. Only trust him now. Amen. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. Now while these folks are praying here, look at your prayer sheet for tonight we're going to have prayer I'm going to invite many of you to come and, and lift these special requests up to the Lord tonight our missionary of the week is Jerry and Maxine Smith serving excuse me Mexico with World Vision Baptist Missions let's remember the Smiths tonight be praying for them and then our Church of the Week is Gateway Baptist Church in Bristol, Tennessee. Brother David Chenault. Brother David is a pastor. He'll be coming in our Bible conference. It'll be his first time to be with us. So we want to remember Gateway Baptist. And then those in the hospital, Irene at Life Care in East Ridge. Ray Thompson got to go home this afternoon. Charlie Burnett had to go in for an arterial ground. And uh, I saw him this afternoon. He was getting ready to go home about 7, 7.30. And then also Teresa LaCroix, this is Barbara LaCroix's daughter-in-law, Pam King at Parkridge Hospital, Reuben Brock, he's been having some heart problems. He's at Parkridge, Will, Willie Holcomb at Health South getting over her knee surgery, Mary Bruce at Erlanger. Ed called me this afternoon and wanted me to tell everybody that Mary was doing well. And uh, they've done some more tests today. She's continuing to do well. They're going to get her up tomorrow. So we praise the Lord for that. And then special requests have been given to me tonight uh, for uh, a newborn baby, a little Charlie, his mom and dad, Melody and Chris, a little newborn baby having some complications. Let's remember uh, this family and, and this child. Candy Kelly should be having some tests tomorrow. Let's remember Candy. And then uh, Aaron's grandfather, Earl Hughes, he is not doing well. In fact, uh, Aaron will be going down this weekend. Him and his sister and different members of the family are going down to be with their, his grandfather this weekend. But remember, Mr. Hughes, he is not doing well as well. Several have already come tonight. Aren't you glad Jesus is more than enough? Amen. But I want many of you to come and let's just gather around this altar and take these special prayer requests to the Lord. And let's ask the Lord to move in each of them. Let's pray for Sunday now. Sunday, uh, Brother Dana Williams is going to be with us. Brother Dana, uh, how many of you have been in the morning services of our Bible conference? Then you've heard Brother Dana, and you know what a blessing he is. He's been the main speaker in the morning service of our Bible conference for a number of years. Uh, Brother Victor Maxwell will be uh, the main speaker this year, but 
We've never, many of you have never had the privilege of hearing Dana because he didn't preach at night but in the morning. So I invited him to be here this Sunday. And you're going to enjoy Brother Dana. He'll be a real blessing to you. He'll be preaching for us in the morning, preaching for us Sunday. So let's remember the Sunday services on Sunday. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that you're more than enough. And we thank you, Lord, that every need of our life is met in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the promises of the Word of God, for the truth of God that assures us that Jesus Christ is more than enough. Now, Father, we pray for our missionary of the week. Pray for the Smith family in Mexico. We pray you bless them. We pray for Gateway Baptist in Bristol, for Tennessee, and for Brother David Chenault. We pray for David that you'll bless his work there and use him there for the glory of God. Then for our folk that are in the hospital, for the many special requests, Lord, that mentioned tonight, and those on our prayer sheet. We pray, Lord, your will be done in each one of them and that you would work in them. We pray now for Sunday that you'd visit us in a very special way. May there be a fresh anointing of the Lord upon the services on the Lord's day. Fathers, the choir sung on Sunday night. Lord, when we come to church, may our worship and praise show that you are welcome in this place. Thank you again, Brother Ronnie. Thank you for the message tonight. Thank you for the service. And what a blessing it is to have been here. Thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. God answers prayer, doesn't he? Brother Ronnie, that's great. Praise the Lord. You, did you enjoy that tonight? Let's give the Lord praise for what God is doing in Ronnie's life. <laughs> that's great. Nothing wrong with that. I was sitting there listening to his sermon and what, listening to his points and seeing his points. It amazes me. These fellas getting started, the kind of sermons they come up with, their outlines and content. And y'all heard mine. The boys were laughing at me the other day. They had drug out some of my old tapes. And where I said, now I want to give you 13 things tonight and stuff like that. Amen. They even said they found one where I said, I want to give you 30 things tonight. Amen. Uh, they amaze me. God is good. Let's all stand to our feet. Don't forget all the things going on this week. Bring somebody on Sunday. Let's come back praying. Meet us at 920 for prayer on Sunday morning. You're dismissed. Shake hands and fellowship with all of our visitors. Let them know how glad we are to have them.